0: Thank you to the Untangling Circularity podcast, our sponsor for the month of December. The Untangling Circularity podcast tackles unanswered circularity economy questions by addressing these questions head on and bringing in experts. Co-hosts Cynthia Power and Laura Novich give shape to the answers. Hello and welcome back to ESG Decoded. My name is Erica Schiller, I'll be your host today. And my guest is Stephanie McClarty. Stephanie is joining me from Quantum Lifecycle. She initially founded ReFicient in 2010 and Refficient was acquired by Quantum Lifecycle in 2022. Uh, Stephanie, thank you for joining us. I'd love to hear what you were trying to solve when you founded Reficient, and how that fits into Quantum Lifecycle.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, thank you, Erica, for having me on the podcast. I'm a big fan. So back in those days, I didn't expect to go the direction that I did. I simply followed open doors and My story is that when I finished my undergrad, I took a couple of years off and I traveled and then I decided to start my master's and not in this, it was in peace and conflict transformation. And because I traveled so much, I was essentially broke. So I came back home and I got a job at the largest telecom company in Canada and I was hired onto their asset recovery project. And if you had asked me back then, what was asset recovery (laughs) prior to starting, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. It was something new to me. And essentially for about eight months, I drove around a company van wearing steel-toed boots, and I went out to the network sites and I physically pulled out the old equipment from the network. So I built some muscles during that time and then figured out what to do with it. Can it be reused within the organization? Can it be reused by someone else? Can we sell it to them? If not, uh, can it be recycled? Where does it go? And by the end of that, I had this really niche knowledge of telecom infrastructure equipment. Something, again, it was crazy to me at the time to even be doing this. But I could really see that for this company, they were focused on maintaining and upgrading their network. And the old equipment that we were pulling out, it was important to them, but it wasn't their core business. And at the same time, there were other companies that wanted to reuse this equipment. They wanted it. And there was a a gap between the two, sort of who had what and who needed what. So I went back to school, I I kept on with my original plan and finished my master's and I consulted on the side with a friend in terms of matching telecom companies that had redundant equipment and other companies that needed it. And then I realized that a technology based solution was needed. So I started Reficient in 2010 which was like an online marketplace. We actually developed a software platform to match these, like the buyers and the sellers of this equipment. And for me too, it was, I knew that if there wasn't good solutions in place for these companies to help them to reuse equipment, that sometimes the wrong thing would happen to it. And out of convenience, the equipment would be thrown in the garbage, which is the absolute wrong place for electronics. So I was motivated as well by this desire to have better solutions for companies to help them to reuse. And and then fast forward, um, we did that for um, 11 and a half years. And then the opportunity with Quantum came about. And Quantum is Canada's largest electronics recycler an IT remarketer. And the opportunity came to join them and to use our niche knowledge of telecom equipment, but also this very much sustainable brand, this this ESG reporting that we had done um, for our customers and really established with our customers that what you're doing through reuse and recycling is great for the environment. And here's the data to show that you are doing the right thing. And we joined quantum.
0: I'm curious. So when you started Reficient, you saw um, that business opportunity for bringing these um, used products to other customers who want them um, away from businesses that no longer need them, right? Um, Was that really driven by sustainability? Or was it, you know, best, most efficient use of the products?
1: From the get go, we have always seen that there are multiple angles to this, and it really depends on the company, and which angle they have as a priority. So Mm. in the beginning, and still to this day, for some companies, it's simply, I have a storage room full of technology that I don't use, help me to get this out and clear out space. That's Mm -hmm. one of the big drivers. For others, it's they know there's a financial return. They want to make money back on the sale of the assets for reuse. Mm -hmm. And for others, it's very much a sustainability-driven perspective where it's the, we want to do the right thing with it from a responsible management of it, and we want to show that we're doing the right thing from it. The really cool thing in this space is that you really don't have to choose which angle you are most motivated, motivated by that. There are this is a a case where you can be great for the environment and it makes sense from a business standpoint, from a financial standpoint as well.
0: Very cool. I like that. Um, And Can you share a bit about the changes that you're seeing in the market? Uh, Focus uh, maybe shifting from recycling or reusing or vice versa, and and how do you see the impact on carbon uh, based on that shift?
1: Yeah, so what we're really seeing in the marketplace today is this really gradual but increasing shift towards reuse. So Quantum is a a merger of two large Canadian recycling companies, Geep and Shift. Um, and it, the merger was back in 2019. And if you would like, would have backed up, you know, a decade or so ago and looked at the businesses of these pre- predecessor companies, you would see that it was all about recycling. And in fact, back in those days, it was about recycling of CRT televisions. You know, those old televisions that were like big and awkward, the predecessors to the the HDTVs. That was our core business back in those days, recycling. And today, that business makes up less than 5% of what we do today. And what we're also seeing today is that while we had made strides to diversify our business from being recycling to adding more value add and more reuse, we're now seeing that today, the reuse side of our business at Quantum eclipses the recycling side. And that's something that even, you know, to a certain extent surprises us, just, it was gradual, but it was profound. And as an example, last year, Reficient was acquired, as we talked about by Quantum, and Quantum made another acquisition, Tech Reset, who was all about reuse in the IT space. And it was just a moment of Wow, this is a tangible example of how profound this reuse shift has been. And in a sense, we have arrived. And when we think about reuse, there's really many reasons why it's taken hold over the last number of years. For one, there is an inherent financial benefit to reusing over recycling you know, you're keeping the product or the parts thereof at a higher utility value. So basically, when you can reuse the product, it's a higher value. If you can reuse parts, you know, that sort of medium value. And when we recycle, it's still very valuable. But when you think about it on a financial perspective, recycling will get you know cents on the dollar, maybe all depending on what the the product is in the composition whereas when you you know harvest parts let's say you have an old phone and maybe you can harvest the the screen the screen is still fine it can be reused on another device maybe you get in the tens of dollars and when you when you can actually reuse the full product when you can reuse the entire phone it might be worth hundreds of dollars so there's there is this financial benefit to reuse that more and more companies are understanding and let's be honest and you know today's day with interest rates and you know challenges in the business space we all have to be really mindful of costs and so it's a way to make money through remarketing and on the flip side if you're buying the refurbished goods then you can also save money and sometimes save a significant amount as well. So that's what we're seeing on the financial side. Another thing that's really changed since a decade ago would be the perspective on data security. There's always been a concern around confidential information being on devices. And you know years ago we would think, you know, traditionally we have to destroy the whole device. Whereas now we know with sophisticated software and technology, we can just wipe the device, sanitize it, double check that that data is gone, and then reuse the device itself. So we at Quantum, we have a a podcast called The Circular Future, and I interviewed someone from Blanco who does this wiping, this data wiping for us. And I really loved how they talked about it, which is why burn down the whole house? Like, Why destroy the whole electronic when all you need to do is renovate a room? And renovate a room being like wipe the device, wipe wipe the part that has any information on it. And then you can reuse the device again. You can keep the house. And I love that perspective on it, so we now know that there there's assurances that we can just simply sanitize data and reuse the device and I think another big thing is just around awareness we all see through technology turnover we have old devices and what do you do with it and we ask ourselves questions around that you know can can it be reused and I, I think we all generally hope that It goes to the right place. And there is a lot of informal reuse that happens that actually the biggest form of reuse that happens is within friends and families and even within households. So, you know, an old iPhone might be reused as a baby monitor. Or uh, my mother-in-law asked if we wanted her old iPhone for our daughter, um, who's just about six. And our answer to that was, Thank you, but no, we're going to hold Thanks. off on devices <laughs> as long as possible. Not yet. Yeah. But, but you know, another, another common form of reuse is when teens or young adults, when they go through technology turnover and they give their devices to their parents or their grandparents, <laughs> it goes the other way. But there is this whole awareness now around we should be reusing where possible, and that I think is just now spreading. It's having, happening on a more um, corporate level as well.
0: Right, so it's not only very economic to try and get ad- additional value out of your existing assets, it's also a big carbon savings, right? Because you're not building new things. You're getting Correct. more value out of the existing um, products and emissions that you've already created right from that product.
1: Absolutely. And at Quantum, we developed a calculator to measure what those carbon savings are, the carbon avoidance, because essentially when you're reusing a product, you are avoiding new manufacturing, you're avoiding new mining, and that all saves carbon. And what's fascinating is that we can see through this calculator now and the reporting that we give to our customers that the savings of carbon between reuse versus recycling is significant. And it, it depends completely on the type of product, let's say in like a phone versus a laptop versus a desktop and so forth. But reuse saves between 7 to 21 times the carbon emissions over even recycling. So it just goes to show that of all these other benefits around you know, the business side and the financial side that there are significant carbon savings through reusing products.
0: That's very cool. And we've seen some uh, new regulations around uh, right to repair. Uh, How is that impacting the market for both producers and buyers?
1: Yeah, this, this whole right to repair movement is really gaining momentum. And the right to repair legislation basically means that the manufacturers must open up information and tools to allow others to repair their devices. So to allow owners, which could Mm -hmm. include you and me to repair devices. And what we're seeing is that on the one hand, there is this pushback from manufacturers, because for them, it's it's a concern around potential you know, confidential or proprietary information, right. also safety concerns. But we're really seeing this big consumer movement towards we need to repair. And there was an mm-hmm. interesting study done in the EU, which showed that when they, they polled consumers, 77% of consumers said, I would much rather repair than buy new. And so this legislation has been coming out. There's been um, legislation introduced in the EU and Australia and in Canada. Um, There is legislation coming out next year. In the US, Minnesota and New York have both passed legislation. And what's really significant is that just recently, California was the latest state to introduce a right to repair act. And what's significant about that is that it is because California often sets the trend for the rest of states. So a lot of states follow if California does something, believe it or not. The impact of this is yet to be seen, but what is largely estimated is going to happen is that the the market segment of individuals who will repair their own devices will probably remain somewhat niche. There's only certain people who are interested to do that and willing to do that. But what's likely going to happen is that it's the independent repair companies that really will see a huge increase because now they can repair and That this whole awareness of we need to reuse before we, you know, think about what to do with it next should happen. I mean, in some cases, electronics and appliances seem to be single-use items. You know, they break and then what do you do with them? How do you repair them? Well, that's what it's going to change. So we will likely see a, a shift in the market over time. And I'm hopeful that it's just going to increase this whole... We need to reuse as part of the circular economy,
0: yeah, that's exciting, and I would think even if a couple states pass right to repair regulations as a manufacturer, are you going to make an individual project product for each state right It's a little bit easier to say okay what's the what's the minimum threshold that I can sell in all states right so I think that would be another driver for um, impacting all states, even if only a couple pass it. Um, but I, I do think that's exciting and I agree it's, um, I mean, I'm not going to get out those little screwdrivers and take apart my, my electronic devices, but I'd be happy to have the ability to find a business that can do it for me.
1: Uh, yeah. And we're and also seeing, well. exactly. And we're also seeing it's also caused the manufacturers to start to roll out new services, new repair services mm. in response to this. So it's been a little nudge to... To, for even for them to repair or to offer services to repair that are more prevalent than they might do today.
0: That's that's a nice trend, that nice trend. Um, you know, as my last question as we're wrapping this up, um, I wonder how we might think about these shifts from recycle to reuse being applied to other industries beyond electronics. How are you thinking about that?
1: Yeah, so at Quantum, we think about it quite a bit. I mean, we we say that we can handle anything with a battery or a plug. And the diversity of products that have a battery or a plug these days has grown significantly. It's not just your your laptop. It's not just your phone or your desktop. It's things like your toothbrush. And... Your coffee cup. My husband has a smart coffee cup that keeps his coffee warm, which he loves, but its it has electronics embedded in them. And so we need to think about all of these other types of technologies and ensure that we are thinking about reuse. There's also been a movement around design for recycling, design for durability, which essentially means that the product can be reused or or repaired or components of it can be reused. So as we think about all of these other product types that are hitting the market today, we need to think about them in terms of their life cycle and think about them in terms of the circular economy. And one of the core elements is that in the circular economy, We're designing out waste. So we're designing out waste from a product standpoint, from a system standpoint. So we need to think about it for all these other technologies as well.
0: Yeah, as every device gets smarter, it gets harder to repair and harder to figure out what's that next life. So really glad to see that you're focused on this, that Quantum is out there and other businesses are are making this shift both from the economic landscape and the environmental landscape. So thank you yeah, so much, absolutely. Stephanie, for your time today. Really a pleasure connecting with you.
1: It was awesome to be here. Thanks, Erica.
0: Thanks again to this month's sponsor, the Untangling Circularity Podcast. Listen to new episodes at multivolte.com forward slash podcast.